Hello and welcome to the Bliss Career Podcast, a podcast where we talk about everything career. I am your host, Dan Solomon, and in this podcast, I am bringing you interviews with people just like you, people who were once in your shoes. I'm also going to be talking with HR managers as well as people who are experts in their various fields. We have a lot of stuff to unpack today, so please sit tight and relax and let's get to it then. So today I have um, Cecil who agreed to come on the podcast to talk about different stuff related to the automotive industry. So it's really interesting that you accepted to to come on this podcast. Thanks a lot, Cecil. And uh, inviting me. Yeah, looking forward to what we're going to discuss today. Before we start, I'll just say, yeah, maybe a brief introduction. Who are you and what are you about? And then we'll take it from there. Who I am, this is a question I have very often because I do quite different things. So today, I am the director of my own company called Orovel. What I do and what I like is to match between people who have technology to propose, who are developing something related to automotive industry, and people who are searching this sort of information. Because in what I have done, I have realized that there are very often people who have good ideas but are not really able to sell this idea to others. And people who are searching help to develop something or create something, but they cannot find someone who can do that or the technology to do that. And there is really a gap here. So I like to plug both worlds in push and pull, either created content, either gathering information and making review for other company and other people in automotive mm-hmm. industry, of course. Yeah, yeah, interesting. I like the content part because I've been following you for a while on LinkedIn. I'm always impressed about the quality and the pace at which you create content to help, I would say, enlighten people in that space. So that's 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 quite interesting. Thanks for that. I see that you have a master's in combustion, right? And then you went on to do a PhD in that space. What would you say influenced you to go to the, towards that direction to do a career in that area? To be very accurate, my study were not combustion. My study were fundamental physics. So I did things okay. about quantum mechanics. I did things about magnetism, physics, things like that. More material, I would say. Okay. And at the end of my master's last year, I have been to energy peak, so related to mechanics of fluid and so on. And there would there had a specialty in combustion where I have been. Why I've chosen that, I think it is, it is always a combination between what you like and people you meet. There is some kind of chance in this. And the professor who was doing this was, I think, super brilliant in terms of sharing his passion for what he was doing. And I thought that looked interesting. So I made a project, a student project with him. It works well. So then after he had a PhD to propose, I have been there, then it works well, and so on and so on. Okay. And then from there, you just took it on and then you built a career in that area, right? I know that I wanted to be in some kind of research. I like the facts of technology. I like the the research part. But what would it have been in research could have been different things. I think I end up in combustion also because I like, but also by chance in some sense. Mm, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I tie that to how you also, so given your interest in research, you took that into really understanding, for example, because I see you've done a lot of research on internal combustion engine vehicles, right? 
and you have a lot of insight into that space. So I'm going to come to that question on how you also combine this with, with the new part of where the automotive industry is going. But what still intrigues you about ICEs today or, or the internal combustion engine based on your research? What do you mean? What part I still excited about? What part I still want to study or what exactly? Yeah, was it yeah exactly. Yeah. There is a part in engine about the technology on itself, developing things on technique and so on. But there is a very, and it's also true for things not, for EV, it's also true. There is also a big part of business, how to make money, how to mm. make the things that go with customer need, how to uh, make your branding more sporty, more reliable, more. This is a part I like about the technology, something outside of the technology. So what excites me in the engine is also this part, how the, the, the brand continue to make this. And it's not that I don't like engine anymore. Of course, I like steel engine and technology and engine. But the problem is that today, because of electrification and so on, there is no so much things happening here. Mm -hmm. So you still see sometimes some technology, but let's be very truly honest. What are the last things we have seen coming up very recently? Things like HCCI from uh, Mazda, things like the pre-chamber from Maserati, but there are really few. I think the time to get fun in this has reduced. So really, to be honest, today, I find much more excitement to work on EV, to be honest. Mm. I think a lot of people who, who like IC still want to believe it still can make it. It still can make it, but at this moment, there is less money, less interest, less development. So obviously, you will see people going a little bit away from IC for sure. Yeah, yeah. Is this what influenced your decision, right? Because I came across one of your posts on, on LinkedIn. So I think almost a year ago, you decided to start writing about EVs, which I found really impressive of how you develop that knowledge base um, in just a year. So I guess that the interest or since there's not a lot of stuff happening in ICEs, this is one of the motivation for you to move into start focusing on EVs and understanding the ins and outs of that technology, right? So that's some years we see that the electrification is ramping up. To which point it was ramping up was not clear, but it was ramping up. Mm. When I was working for a company called Infinium, this is a joint venture, ExxonMobil and Shell, I wanted to work on hybrid project. But unfortunately, this project were given to someone else. And I was super disappointed about that. Yeah. So I wanted to move on because I thought if I stay just in fuel, this is a company working in fuel additive and, and things really for additive in, in uh, internal combustion engine. I thought that I would be stuck if I stay where I am. So I have tried to find something else. And I had the opportunity to work for conversion science for the software Converge, where I thought I could also do much more things on EV, developing things for battery and so on. Yeah. But it's this job ended up to the fact that I was still stuck in ICE because making business, making money on short term was meaning to do ICE. And I have tried to find source of information to document myself. I mean, before 2019. But the problem I came across was that most of the things you find are really superficial. So yeah. you find things on people telling you, oh, a battery, it works with a cathode and an anode, blah, blah, blah. But you see this again and again and again. This is really simple. And once you have read that, well, what else to learn? So at some point, I thought, okay, you need to 
I'm going to say pop your finger, let's say that like this. <laughs> yeah. And you really need to find other source of information, force yourself to read more technical, deeply technical things. Because if there are people working on this, it means that they are technical things. Yeah. You have to find them. So I try to go on deeper paper, article, much more specialized things, but it was super hard to understand. Really super hard because when you it's like trying to, to speak another language. Mm. When you begin, you see a lot of words you don't understand. You, it's just like you understand nothing. And I thought the only possibility I have to really learn something is to put myself an objective. And this objective for me was to write the Orovel card. So the yeah. card I publish on my website nearly each week now. Mm. And I say, okay, let's find an objective. Let's say each week you will produce something that you have learned. And I start to build up knowledge like that. I start to like it. The more I like it, the more I produce and so on. And after it began to be really a lot of work, but it was yeah. at the same time really a lot of re re reward because I was learning so much. So what makes this is really the things that I, I had to force myself because I know myself. If you don't, if I don't personally set up objective, I do nothing. So that's why I put a difficult objective but at least I had something to, to go through the road to know where I go and keep this focusing point to go somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I find it really impressive of how you manage that. So you said it was really difficult in the beginning to find information. It's still um, difficult. <laughs> it's still difficult, yeah. The battery space. The crazy part about the EV space is it's also very dynamic. So how do you try to stay, I would say, I know you said you talked about having an objective and then trying to work towards those objectives. How do you try to stay motivated actually to always find information and always post content and always make sure that you're up to date with what is happening. I know that every day you see new stuff, right? I follow you on your, your content and every day there are new stuff coming out. Every day something is different. How do you stay motivated to keep on learning all this? There are several things. The first one is a lot of people say you need to be motivated. I personally think you need to be limited motivated. I'm explaining you what I mean here. Okay. If you really think that motivation is going to save you all the time, you are going to fail because motivation go up at some point, but sometimes you are depressed. Sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes you want to give up. The only thing that keep me going, 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 it's routine. I set up a routine. I mm -hmm. set up objective. And for me, a friend of mine told me you can eat an elephant if you eat a small piece each day. It means still doing something daily. It's, I don't believe there is any day I do nothing about learning on automotive industry or technology. So the first thing is to stay motivated is not to count on my motivation. It's to count more on routine. And it's not forced work because obviously I want to do that. But yeah. Sometimes, really, it's like doing a sport. Sometimes it's raining and you just don't want to go running, whatever. So, but you have to, you say, okay, I have committed to that. I need to do that. It's like that. I do the same here. The second thing is I, I am very curious. Really, I like to learn. I like really to learn new things all the time. Yeah. So I am very, very curious. I spend a lot of time reading. I have said that several, several times mm. in my reading. I read really a lot. And I'm curious. And each time I read something or I want to write something, I have absolute 
necessity to understand everything I read and everything I write. Everything which I cannot understand turned me crazy. So if I read something and I thought, oh, I don't understand this point, I become really crazy because I try to find other source of information to understand this disease. So it builds up all this knowledge all the time, but it's honestly, it's really massive. It's really a lot of data to post-process constantly for me, but it's just also because this is what I like. Mm, yeah, yeah. It's difficult to explain, but that's the idea, I would say. Yeah, yeah. If I picked up something, right? So finding a routine, being consistent, it doesn't matter how much, at least the routine and big consistency plays a huge part. Motivation. And yeah. Also be able to, it's going to be strange, but I'm going to say <laughs> okay. be able to suffer, be able to, to cop. It's like really committing when you want to do a sport. Sometimes, yeah. I don't know, I, I run quite a lot. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you set up objective and sometimes it's hard. Sometimes you want to give up. Sometimes you think it's really painful. I just want to stop here. But sometimes you think, okay, if I just go a little bit, five minutes, I still can five minutes. And then you make this five minutes. You think, oh, I still can make five minutes. That's the same for the work. You think, oh, I have learned that. I still can go further understanding this. And you go there and you say, oh, but I want to understand that. I can still go further understanding this. That's the same process. A little bit pain at the same time you do something you enjoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So finding that sweet spot, right? Thanks a lot. So very, very insightful. <laughs> I just want to have a brief question here. So you said that a lot of information is scattered everywhere. Where do you find your information? And how do you manage to really get those deep insights that so normally you can find? All the time. I mean, I think a lot of people write me on LinkedIn and this question, I have it like each week, someone is going to ask me this question, how to find information. Yeah. With internet, you have much more information that you can ever read, you can ever want. You have everything. So all the information you want on technology and on EV, on battery, nearly everything, not everything, but nearly you can find it. The problem is that I say it's difficult to find uh, people who want to find an information and people who want to push an information. Mm-hmm. The thing is that you can be very curious and use everything. I use absolutely everything. When I say everything, I mean LinkedIn, of course, but I use blogs, I use magazines, I use books, I use YouTube. Sometimes I find also information on things like Instagram or TikTok, believe it or not, but I learn a lot of things watching people who are just going to dismantle a battery pack or whoever who are going to ask themselves what's the property of this. So everywhere you find information. How I found information is really unstructured, unfortunately. So very often when I want to find some information, so I will Google it and try to find a thing, I will find a lot of information, very interesting, but not on this subject. Yeah. I have the advantage that I have a good memory. So from the point I read something and I store something somewhere, I will forever remember what it is. So okay. another time when I want to see, so let's imagine I do something on, I don't know, a battery chemistry, but I found something else on a gigafactory setting up, whatever. Another time I want to do something else. I have already a pool of information that I have and I can pick up and choose because I have so many in advance. But it's a problem of collecting this data keeping in mind this data, post-processing this data, digest everything. That's where I like to help people because I think it's very difficult and really time-consuming, to be honest. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish I had such a memory. I always forget where I found something. <laughs> I forget all the things so it's more easier, like my own phone number or whatever. But yeah. It's not a memory of just seeing the thing. It's really a memory that, as I told you, I need to understand the things. So yeah. From the point I understand the, the, the concept, the physics, an interest of something, then I will store that because I have a logic memory, I would say. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Now I see. Yeah. Okay. Let's go a bit technical here. So you already mentioned before that you don't really see much of developments happening in the ICE space, which is one of the motivation why you decided to look for something other than that. So you don't get stuck. What do you think would be the future of the automotive industry in terms of technologies going forward 10, 20 years from now, from your prognosis or from what you see? I have thought about this question. It's super hard. The thing is just gambling. I can tell you things I have read, but it doesn't mean that I am convinced about this. So everybody talk about things like solid state, uh, more introduction of silicon in uh, in anode and things like that. Personally, um, from what I have read and what I have talked with people, I understand that Battery technologies, they, they develop a lot, of course, but they develop not so fast than people think because most of these technology, like solid state or like a silicon anode or some other binders and so on, you find a lot of very old paper. So you can see that this technology has been under development for a very, very long time. Okay. So the things happen still over a long time. And 20 years, obviously, is super long. It's difficult for me to project 20 years in the future. Mm. But I think outside of this question, I think for automotive industry, the the most interesting thing in this development is that we are still at the early development of EV. Of course, some people can tell you that EV exists for many years. It's not like they are popping up just now. But in terms of acceptance by the general public, this is the start. And the problem is that the customer are doing stupid things. Like when we have developed engine, we end up to the fact that some people take their car just to drive half a, half a kilometer and come back and things like that. So the automotive industry have learned, they have developed cycles, they, they call Ant Mini and so on, so they can duplicate the customer behavior that are sometimes I'm going to say stupid. The problem is that in EV, we don't have that much knowledge. We don't have that much experience because we will end up to people. For example, I saw videos of people trying to make jump a Tesla. So you can see the battery pack hitting the the ground each time you do that and so on. So that's maybe funny. But the problem is that all these small behavior of people doing, I'm calling again, that stupid things make that in terms of warranty for EV for battery pack, it's going to be super tough. We don't have that experience to know how this technology is really going to cope with this. And I think this is, for me, much more interesting than developing things in 10 years' time. It's much more how what we are doing now will survive. To Because if what we sell now, even if EV are ramping up and so on, if you end up in five or six years' time and all these cars have reliability issue of they have the or they have lost a lot of their mileage and so on then yeah. people will lose the trust we need to be very careful because we have made we had this scandal for the diesel but we we still we are still 
immature, a little bit not enough experience on what is going to happen for EV. And I think, again, outside of the development of technology, we need to, to, to watch at this. Moreover, for the new technology, automotive industry is very different from any in other industry I know. Mm. For the reasons that the standard homologation and so on are super hard. So if you take electronic and you put that in a, I don't know, in a phone or in your computer, you ask all the electronic to, to be able to survive a few years. No one expects your phone to be able to work in seven years' time. Yeah. It's yeah. unlikely. But a car today, you need to get the homologation for eight years. And we are talking about pushing this for 15 years. So anything you develop and you will have to sell, you would have to guarantee several things. You would have to guarantee it still works in 15 years. You are still able to produce the part and to repair it if it needed. So I think this part for me is much more interesting than developing new things. Because if we run, or if the automotive industry run after new things, they will have difficulty to make this reliability of EV. And that's a risk for me, for this industry. Mm. That we run too much of, we say in French, to put the cow before the carriage. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. But it, this is uh, because of a lot of stuff happening at the same time. So you have, okay, developing the battery to, to be for a particular range. And you also mentioned the power electronics going into that as well. And then warranty. So a lot of things happening at the same time. And if I understood you correctly, this is somehow also making it difficult to really focus on some of the important things, right? Yes, plus the fact you have infotainment in the car, plus the fact you have yeah. also things on some kind of autonomous driving setup and things like that. All this, select because the car, people do not really care. In, in some sense, people don't care about how the powertrain is made for your car. Most of people, I would say. Like, take mm. my parents as a typical customer. They don't really care, provided it works. But the thing is that all of this goes together. So if your car in five-year time, you have the same impression than a very old smartphone that is 10 years old, nah, it's not going to be good for a car. And it's super expensive. And you need to comply to so much security, safety, guarantee. Yeah, it makes automotive industry a very, very tough world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be really challenging, especially with all these points you've mentioned. I've never really thought about all these points. I've always, I've always focused on, for example, increasing the range of batteries or what comes after that. Now that you've mentioned this, I just thought about also second life or second hand vehicles or second hand cars, for example, for developing countries. This is another topic when you start thinking about putting in batteries in cars and how that would be if, if the battery is supposed to just last 5, 10 or 10, 8 to 10 years or 15 years, maybe. But interesting stuff. Thanks for that. So this leads me to a connecting question that relates to that. A lot of people are either interested in going into the automotive industry or either starting their masters. Some are already in the space, but don't have much insight in EVs or the battery space. What would you advise somebody who is thinking of starting a master's in a technological area in the automotive industry? That's a super good question and difficult again to answer. Because politics, automotive industry, they all say they want all of this going to immobility, new way to, to make EV and so on. But when you really look at what, what are the teaching lessons and cores that exist, 
you don't find so much things on EV in, in school and so on. So as I say, you will find the usual, I'm going to call that blah, blah of start. Yeah. Again, batteries made of a cathode, an anode, blah, blah, blah. But then go on the detail. Go on how the battery pack is made. Go on on uh, stress, mechanical stress on, on the pack. Go on on all the technical detail. I personally do not know any course or any reference university where you would have very specialized um, people to, to really teach correctly to students, all of that. I think there is really a problem here in terms of what you've got from school, which is still based on some kind of old stuff. And this new way to make what automotive industry needs. What to advise to, to students is to be curious, to really want to understand the things. You find really a lot of information on things like YouTube channel, for example. You will find people who are interested in dismantling a battery pack. Mm. You still can learn things like that. Obviously, I'm not telling that at school you are learning things that are not useful. At school, you learn also the things. You learn uh, the physics, the basics, uh, to think, how to resolve problems, and so on. That's still relevant for, for EV, of course. But in terms of technical, you need to... You need to go further by your own. I'm sorry to say that, but there is no magical recipe. You need to go on your own a little bit. Mm, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, that is a good point. So until we can get to that point where there is a, a bridge, because I think the universities are still finding it difficult to catch up, but hopefully maybe they get there very soon. But before that, uh, good point. So for curiosity and doing it on your own is then the best way to go, right? But the problem is that people to teach for the young people need to get themselves the knowledge. And the people who get really this true knowledge, they are few, of course, I'm not saying they are not, but the people who get this knowledge, they just go to work for an OEM. Why they would uh, <laughs> teach others rather than making just money and work for an OEM? So either you have the chance to know that and you use your knowledge to, to work because everybody needs this at the moment in terms of competency. Yeah. Either you have just the old knowledge and it's very difficult for you to teach things you don't know. Mm, yeah, yeah. Are you interested to become a teacher one time, one to, at some point? So I made, I have made several lectures at university. I am actually associated teacher at Cronfield University. So okay. I have students that I look after at the university. I have a project on, for example, on battery venting at this moment with a mm. student. Am I interested to, to become a teacher full-time for university? No, <laughs> because... <laughs> The problem of university for me is it's, it is based on things that you need to tick box. And I hate the exercise of ticking box to make people happy. What I mean is that uh, university are based on publication and so on. I can do that, but I just find ticking box for exercise of ticking box is not something I like. And also university, the problem they have is that they are very often in this mindset of academic, so they are a little bit disconnected from the industry. And what I like is this automotive industry. So I, I much prefer to be involved in the university and time to time be in touch with university to give this knowledge to, to help the student to make, te technically, I like to make projects in collaboration with a, an industry and, and some student. This is what I prefer. But really the teaching I could 
if it is on a very specific project for a small amount of hour, let's say 10 hour lesson on something on EV, yes, I could do that. But full-time job of our university, no, I cannot do that. Mm-hmm. If I hear what you say, it seems as though I, I read a lot of times where they say that there might be a knowledge gap or a skill gap if the industry start looking for, I don't know, competent people to work in the space. With what you're saying, do you see this as a risk? If we don't have people who, I would say a lot of people to teach, the university's programs are not yet there to teach about the new growing economy in, in that space. Do you see a risk of a skill gap at some point? Definitely. The thing is that we, as I say, the, um, this is for sure, this, the answer is for sure, yes, here. But the thing is that some other country, and I mean like that Asia, and I mean like that China, Mm. They have much more people who are pushed to develop all these things on EV. So because they have more people who have this knowledge, they can mentor and they can teach much more people. So they grow faster for several reasons because they have their dynamic going faster. They have a way to, to share and to grow faster, but also because they have... It's like combustion in some facts. They have much more (laughs) igniting points everywhere. And this igniting point can ignite more points. So they have more people, more people, and more people with some knowledge. While in uh, Western countries, because, as I say, we are lacking of people who have already this knowledge, we are in really big difficulty to bring this to to young people and students and so on. I'm not saying it's not existing at all. I'm just saying the pace at which it's happening is really too limited compared to the objective we have set up for ourselves. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. So because I, if you say to people, if you say to people, we stop selling IC in, we we say in two thousand thirty five. Yeah. If we stop selling this engine in two thousand thirty five, no one is going to develop an engine. After two thousand twenty five, no one is going really to develop anything, and it's already happening. To be honest, there are still, I'm still aware of some development of engines. There are still things. But they are the sort of last remaining things. And the budget are limited or they are for a supercar or things more for fun. But the, the, the number of people you are going to, to hire for this position are limited. And then you end up to a bunch of other people who cannot find a job because they don't have the, the competency to say they can do EV and they, no one wants them for what they have been at university for. So this is super, super hard. I have tons of people writing me about that all the time. Mm, yeah, yeah. I think it's a huge challenge coming. First, The first one is there's a huge opportunity because, of course, you need people in that space since it's growing really fast, but then they don't have the necessary skills. And, and I think this is a gap that we need to fill. And, and thanks already, right, for, for what you're doing. I think that's already helping. But I think this needs to be done at scale. Um, and hopefully, yeah, the necessary people maybe develop a program right uh, i don't know how this is within oems to have maybe an internal knowledge building space but i think this is something that needs to be done to build expertise in that area if we want to catch up so i have been talking to a lot of people oem but also tier supplier also engine people globally in automotive industry very often what I hear is that they try to make training for people to learn about EV and new mm-hmm. technology. But as I told you, the same problem happened again, is that you will have this 
few hours about blah, blah, a battery is made of uh, cells that are put in modules that are put in pack. Okay, we understand that, but now what else? And when you come to this, what else? There is nearly no training existing. And it's super hard from the fact that people with true knowledge are super rare. Yeah, yeah. Enfin, they are rare or they are busy doing other things. I'm not, again, I'm not saying they are not existing, but they are busy doing other things. Mm. Last question in, in this area before we move to the final round. Cissé. What can we do if we were to just name one or two points to really move from that surface knowledge? Because the problem is not everybody would have that intrinsic motivation to really dig deep, for example, as you do. What advice would you say give OEMs, the government, individual people who are willing to really make an impact in that industry or get an opportunity in that industry, if you were to just in one or two, two points here? From a governmental and politics point of view, if these people want to push EVs, they need to push EV everywhere. So they also need to get to, to give university and school some budget, some guidance, something to help them to develop this program. And this costs money. That's the problem. Mm. The second thing is that for OEM, <laughs> the problem is that you have two choices. The first one is that you say the people you have, you want to help them to go to learn about EV. This is an ideal world. But in practice, what happened is that this OEM, they would fire a lot of people and just engage new people because it reduces the cost of the workload. These people who are in OEM that are 40, 50 years old, they cost a lot of money because they have experience for what they have done in engine. Yeah. But today, you put them at the same level as a new entry because they know nothing anyway. So why we would pay these people the double of price of the value they can bring you? This is a problem of the value people bring versus the, the, the amount of the cost for a company. So the problem is that for any of these companies, it's it's horrible what I'm saying, but it, for this company, it's much more bankable for them to fire these people and take new people. So what they, what they should do is different from what they are doing from the fact that to be, to be competitive in terms of making money, because keep in mind at the end, any company needs to make money, they will fire these people. They will not really help them to, to gain this knowledge. They will. That's why they made just this training, blah, blah, very fast. But at the end, if they, these people are not be able to bring value for a company, they're just fired. That's the reality. Mm. Sorry for being depressing. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, yes. that is really saying it as it is. I'm just thinking here, what has been going through my mind is, so for the young folks, they can start from the beginning, right? And then build up that knowledge if they are curious and then, and then they stay consistent. And then for, for the more experienced folks, <laughs> I don't know, maybe they need to also take the same route and hopefully move out gradually into vertical areas. But all tough time bring a lot of opportunity. That so is true. the positive side of what I'm saying is that if you... Because it's a competition, obviously. You are in competition with all your classmates, but also with all future colleagues, everyone in in the business. The good point is that if you are able to show more knowledge than the other, if you are able to go faster in learning, if you are able to show that you bring value, then all of a sudden you are on the top of this list. And then you are instantaneously making someone people want 
because you have this knowledge. So I still believe in all of this, the positive stuff is that if you are able to, to get this bringing of knowledge and, and so on, instantaneously you, you are valuable for yes. anyone. Mm. And that's, I think if most of people are young or less young people listening to this podcast, you need to, to get true knowledge. I am someone believing in knowledge. I, I say that also all the time on LinkedIn. I rely on true technical knowledge and also hard work. I also don't believe anyone is gifted to get anything coming from whatever. The sky is not dropping knowledge, whatever. You need to work. You need to know what you want. And you need to get a plan to focus on this. If you say, okay, automotive industry is doing this, I need to get this knowledge. I need to work on that. Do not waste your time on other things. Work mm. on this objective. And as I say, set up a routine, make small objective, and go on on a very regular basis. If you do that, you will build up value. And then after, bingo, as we say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is a good way to end this part. Thanks a lot. And the good thing is it's still very, I would say, nascent new space. So there's still a lot of opportunities here. So good stuff. Final question before we go. Is there anything that you wish you knew that you know today that you wish you knew back then? I think you've mentioned all of this a lot, but just, uh, just yeah, find, but find find there are a lot of things I wish I would before. <laughs> yeah. I think the first thing is that at school, you, you learn a lot of technical things and so on. But something you do not learn, which is important, is that in reality, business is based on relationship of people. Mm -hmm. So I say that I trust in data, in technical knowledge and so on. But do not neglect the fact that you need to get a network, the fact that you need to get good relationship with others. Because... Do not forget that someone you meet in a context, maybe you like this person or you don't like this person, but in 10 years' time, this person can be your boss, this person can be your customer, this person can give you a big order for, for a project or something. So first things I would have liked to know before is that relationship as as important, I would say, as knowledge. Yeah. The second thing I think is important is that even if you work very well, even if you have a lot of knowledge, if you don't show that to people, you are not seen as valuable. So this is a very common error when you are in a company, I think, as young. You think you want to do, of course, you want to do a good job. You want to do what your boss asks you to do and so on. I'm not saying you need to show up everything you do, obviously, but you need to make sure that people know what you're doing and show that in a correct way. Yeah. Not too much, but you need to make sure people are aware of what you do because otherwise, maybe you are good, maybe you are doing things, but no one knows that. And it's a pity. You will not bring your career further if no one knows that. Mm, visibility. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I have a feeling I'm, I'm going through a really nice session here <laughs> with all the tips. Thanks a lot to say. What do you do in your free time? Hobbies? I know you read a lot. You go through a lot of stuff, creating your content, knowing a lot about EVs. What do you like to do um, in your free time hobbies that you it like to share? It's important for me, people, to know that my free time is really limited. Okay. In order to do everything I do, First, imagine I have no TV. This is six years I live with no TV. I have no idea of any series, Netflix, whatever. I have no idea about any video game, whatever. I don't know any of this. 
So my un- what I call entertainment is completely zero. Okay. My free time is in between first my family because I have a son, so I spend a, as much as I can quality time with my family. Uh, what I like to do is to make, for example, strategic game with my family, with my son. So we play things like strategic game where you have resource and you need to build up a civilization and yeah. things like that. I also like to read book with him so we can exchange about our idea of some topics, some books. Some can be more heroic fantasy. Some can be more philosophical, I would say. Then on my own free time, the one I have really, really for myself, it's really limited. So I run as a hobby. So I like running for the fact that it spends a lot of calories per hour. So in terms of energy, <laughs> it's the best. Yeah. But also you can do that whenever you want. So again, yes. I set up a routine. I run each Wednesday, each Sunday, and I run, I put objective as I need to do. So I keep that. It, it also gives free time for your mind. Mm. And also in terms of mindset, as I say, it builds up your way to be able to resist some pain and things like that i would say and the last things i like to do is see my friend which i have to say that the covid made super hard for me because most of my friends are everywhere in the world most of them are first they are all in automotive industry (laughs) and they are most of them in germany and that's a year and a half i had no holiday at all i have not seen my friend and to be honest this part is super hard for me really really hard Mm. that's the worst part for me for the COVID is stop seeing my family and stop seeing my my friend yeah, yeah. and I cannot wait to see my friend again oh, if they oh. listen to this podcast I want to see <laughs> yeah yeah hopefully things get better soon and then we can travel again and then you can go see your friends very soon so this was my closing question just to summarize what I really picked up here right setting little objectives having a routine consistency is very important Be curious, learn on your own, especially in this space that there is not a lot of deep technical information. And and then you dive in into the importance of building relationships within, if you're in a company, how that is important. Also just generally networking and how that can actually help your career and visibility. I find this really top-notch advice that you gave. So thanks a lot, Cecilia, for this really interesting podcast that we've had now. One last thing, anything else you want to say that I didn't ask or that you just thought you want to have before we close the session? To close the session, I think my personal conclusion is I have a poetry I really like, and it's very well known. It's Charles Bukowski. Mm. And he say, if you're going to try, go all the way. And this poetry, if you can Google it and you will find it. I will not read that right now. But in this short text, it explains that if you really want something super hard because you like it, you need to be committed to your objective completely. But at the same time, this means also a lot of sacrifice, a lot of things that, as I say, this is more than five years. I have seen no series, no things like that. So you can see that as sacrifice, or you also can see that I'm doing only what I like. Yeah. I think some people sometimes telling me that uh, what I do is stupid. And sometimes some people say what I do is super inspiring. It depends on your way to see the things. I think I'm, I can be interesting for some people, but for some others, I'm completely pathetic. Mm, mm, yeah, yeah. So 
just a positive conclusion of that is that if you like what you're doing, you can really give a lot for this. And this is what I want to do. I honestly really like what I do. I really like learning. I really like sharing the content I do. And uh, yeah, if anyone wants to generate content, I can help them. This is the part I prefer. Yeah, yeah. You can find me on LinkedIn, obviously, and on my website. Yeah, so your website, Orove, right? Orove.net. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'll put that in the show notes. I'll also link your LinkedIn profile for anyone interested in connect with you. I think this is a very good way to end the podcast. Thanks a lot again, Cecilia, for coming. I wish Um, good luck to everyone listening to this podcast. Don't discourage yourself. Keep on going. And if you work, I believe in knowledge and I believe in hard work. If you follow that, I'm very convinced you will succeed. Super, super. Thank you very much. Thank you once again for listening to today's episode. If you got any value from this podcast, please hit the subscribe button to stay updated when new episodes are published. Oh, and remember, sharing is caring. Share the podcast with a friend to make sure he or she is not missing out. And as always, you can find all the tools and the templates you need on blisscareer.de. Until then, I wish you a wonderful time ahead. Bye-bye and stay safe.